Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Before we get to today's edition of the Five Reasons Podcast with ESPN front office insider Bobby Marks, I want to tell you about one of our great sponsors, and that is BetQL. BetQL is an app for your iPhone or Android that gives you the very best advice to help you gamble smarter. They give recommendations based upon where they think lines should be on sporting events. So like, for example, for college football this weekend, they have Auburn taking on Tennessee. Auburn is a 15-point favorite, but they think that Auburn should be a 23-point favorite, and so they think you should be on Auburn. That is a three-star play from BetQL in terms of the line movement. It's actually gone down since it opened from 16.5 to 15. You can keep track of line movement there and tell you what the public is wagering on the two teams. For NFL games as well, for example, Coming up this weekend in week number six of the NFL, the Eagles taking on the Giants. The Eagles are a three-point favorite against the G-Men on Thursday Night Football, but they think the Eagles should be favored by 11. The public is mostly on the Giants, so they think they should be hammering the Eagles on Thursday Night Football. That kind of information and much more. You can keep track of all your bets and obviously follow the latest data on these games over the BetQL app. Download it now in the Apple App Store or Google Play. And now, Bobby Marks. Welcome into the latest episode of the Five Reasons Podcast. I'm Ethan Skolnick here, as always, with Chris Whittingham. Now that you've found us, make sure that you hit the subscribe or follow button on your favorite podcast provider. That way you'll get all of our old episodes, including our Heat Stories episodes, as well as all of our new episodes as soon as they post. Also, turn on notifications. That will make it easier to find them. Also, if you go to your favorite podcast provider and type in Five Reasons Sports, you'll find all 13 podcasts in our network, including Miami Heat Beat as they get ready for the season, and three yards per carry as they disassociate themselves from the Dolphins after this past weekend. Um, For our next episode, we have been talking a lot about Jimmy Butler here on our Twitter feed. We finally did an episode this week. As we're taping this, stuff is still flying around, but nothing has officially happened. But we want to bring in somebody who understands how front offices work and how this situation has gotten so out of control, and also to talk about some other things going on uh, around the league, and that's our friend Bobby Marks, worked in the Nets front office for 20 years and now is ESPN's front office insider, often shows up uh, here at some Heat games too. Bobby, thanks for joining us today. Really appreciate it. Uh, My pleasure. Hey, guys, how are you? We're good. Um, let's start here with the Butler situation. I mean, by the time we finish taping this, there'll be 12 more reports. So, I, <laughs> so, so I'm not sure how this was. But, but I, I, I want to see if you can take a, us through it from a front office perspective. Because I, I've covered the Heat since 96. And I have never in 22 years seen any situation they've been involved with get this public and this messy. And I know it's not something that they like. And so just from a front office perspective, why do you think this has played out like this over the past three weeks? I think a lot of it has to do with uh, the Butler camp. Um, you've got an agent who, you know, let's face it, really Jimmy Butler is his only high-level client. 
Uh, I think it would be a little bit different if it was Mark Bartlestein or Jeff Schwartz or Leon Rose, some of the you know high profile agents. That's not to say that Bernie Lee, the agent for Jimmy Butler, can't do the right job, but I think there was some a lot of miscommunication here. I think you know from Butler's side, um, there was never going to be a renegotiation for Minnesota this summer to get him a bigger pay raise this summer. I think it got to a point where Jimmy Butler realized he had to re- to return to Minnesota before training camp, and um, you know by putting it out in public, the demand to be traded um, was more of a leverage play from Butler's camp that somewhat has a little bit backfired now. And now you've got an owner in Glenn Taylor in Minnesota involved who really wants this, um, you know, wants some resolution to this, um, you know, to the situation. And yeah, you know, rarely does it become this public. You know, I've been involved in a bunch. I mean, I think the closest was probably Carmelo Anthony in 2010. But that was a little bit different because Anthony wound up, although he wanted to, um, you know, you know, he was going to, I guess, opt out of his contract the following year. It wasn't really, a, a, you know, a trade demand. It was basically, you know, saying that, you know, um, I'm going to keep my options open. Um, if there was something out there, I would like to be, you know, maybe some one of the New York markets. And he still showed up for training camp. And they, you know, as I mentioned before, they, you know, I think they had, you know, uh, you know, they were over 500 at the time he was he was traded, and it. Although it was public, um, you know, they did it. Uh, Denver did it as good a job, um, you know, trying to keep it on, on, on the down low here. But yeah, this is as public a bitter divorce um, that I think we've seen in a, in a long time here. When you say that Jimmy Butler's trade demand is backfired, why do you think it's backfired? I think when you put it out there that A, you only want to go to three teams, um, you know, those three teams have cap space to go out and sign you next year. There's no incentive for those teams to go out there. Um, you know, if you start putting demands um, to teams, unless it, unless it gets to the point where Glenn Taylor, you know, overrules Tom Thibodeau and, and basically does, does, the, does the trade himself. Um, but we're, what, what are we, two weeks from when it happened, when, you know, this came out and there still hasn't been a, um, you know, a, a demand. I think that I think the the best situation where the Butler camp would have been is to go to Thibodeau and let him know. And I think that's what they did was, you know, that the intention is that Jimmy's not going to resign as a free agent in 2019. That we would like to be traded some part of the season, either now or at the deadline, and and go from there. And now we've got a, a player who's not in Minnesota. We've got you know you know trying to hold the feet to the fire here and. And there's still no resolution. And, and, and from the looks of it, there's no, you know, there's no urgency from that Timberwolves front office to to try to get a deal done. We're talking to Bobby Marks here, ESPN's front office insider. Now, there's been some reports, and, and I've heard a lot of this, too, about some internal stuff in Minnesota, whether it's between Towns and Butler, whether it's between Tibbs and, and Taylor. And, I, I, you know, from being in a front office for all that time, how much can that stuff play into a negotiation like this because it, it does strike me that I mean you've dealt with the heat um, I know that there are differences sometimes internally but that those differences don't really get out um, these have kind of gotten out on the Minnesota side so when you have one side that may appear aligned and you have another side that's moving in a bunch of different directions how does that affect a negotiation oh it's huge I mean I think you're right I mean with Miami and then having dealt with uh, with Andy Ellisberg their general manager for a long time there you know, when you have a conversation with, with Andy Ellsberg about parameters of a trade or if you're calling to inquire about certain um, 
you know, certain players, you know, that 99% of the time that's not getting out. Maybe I can, I can even put a bump it up to a hundred um, because there is a, there is a trust level there. And I think Miami is the counter opposite to where Minnesota is, where you have things lined up from ownership to Pat Riley, Andy Ellsberg, and then Eric Spolster, where in Minnesota, um, and I've never, uh, I'm not a big believer and I've never been about the head coach, um, you know, having total power, I think outside of, I guess, San Antonio, it doesn't work. Um, we saw it fail in, um, um, we saw it fail in Detroit. We saw it fail in, in LA with the Clippers with, uh, with, with Doc Rivers for all those years. Um, and I think they're, they are so unaligned right now when you look at Tibbs who, you know, Tom Thibodeau is worried about coaching his team right now. You know, Tom Thibodeau is worried about game one next week. He is probably the last thing he wants to worry about is, is, is Jimmy Butler. He's trying to get his, you know, this team into the playoffs here. And then you have an owner who's trying to get a deal done, you know, even if you're taking 50 cents on the dollar here. So yeah, it's totally two different things, two different organizations. And, you know, as nuts as things were in, in, um, you know, in Brooklyn and New Jersey there, you know, when, when we went about going to go about a deal, um, you know, there was rarely times when we were backing, we, we were all on board. Even if it backfired down the road, uh, we, we kind of, we went around the room and, you know, it wasn't a maturity vote, but we all had our say in it. And, you know, if, if there was anything that we had concerns about, you know, we would, we would pull out of it. So, um, but yeah, it's just two different organizations that are, and it's ironic, two different, you know, counter opposite of two different organizations right now. In terms of negotiations in this trade, when you look at the negotiating power of each side here, it was sort of specifying on Miami here. When you look at the, 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 the power of a Heat team that doesn't really have any stars and it has some assets, but I, I don't know the degree to which you can really hold on to them in a negotiation like this. But comparing to Minnesota, you mentioned the fact that the teams on his list aren't really competing to, to, to go and get Jimmy Butler. When you're sort of analyzing the way that these two sides are negotiating, how do you think it would go, and who do you think has the stronger position right now? Well, I think Miami does right now, unless Minnesota can try to get a second team involved, a second team that does not have cap space next year. And I think you know we've heard Houston. I just don't see the um, I don't see the unless it's Eric Gordon and multiple first round picks, but those picks are going to be in the you know twenty nine thirty for the future. Um, you know, their main guys are certainly off, uh, off the, off the board there. So I don't, I don't see how Houston, you know, can potentially put a, put a package together. And it's, and it's basically kind of, we've talked about the the teams, New York, uh, the Clippers, um, you know, uh, Brooklyn teams that have cap space. And if they wanted to do a deal, they would have done one by now. And they feel that, you know, at least, you know, Brooklyn and New York, they've, you know, you know, hit the rebuild button the last couple of years that they can be patient and wait until the summer of 2019. And, you know, with, with Miami, it's a little bit different because they are a team. You guys know their cap. You know, they're over the cap. They are, you know, they're a luxury tax team. We know what they can offer right now. Um, but there's no other team out there for them to bid against. So if you're the Heat, what you're doing is and then you, you kind of go in your, in your war room and, and you line up, all right, these are the guys that we are um, we're interested in, in moving. These are the guys we would move. And then you got to draw a line in the sand as far as how far would we go. You know, you, you can only, you know, you know, trade a certain amount of picks because that, that pick is going out to Philly in 2021. Um, what are you going to do with Justice Winslow? Are you content signing him long-term to an extension? If you do that, then he's off the board. Um, and then you've got some long, long-term long contracts that are probably not as quite of appealing with Olenek. Waiters is hurt. You know, James Johnson there. Um, you know, uh, 
Dragic and Whiteside have player options for next year. And then it, it basically boils down to Josh Richardson. And you guys have you guys have documented that you know pretty well. I mean, in the beginning, I thought you know if I was Miami, that you know Richardson would be a non-starter. But but the more you go down the path, and if you are intent on Butler and signing him long term, then he's going to be the likely guy to go. Um, and then it's just a matter of getting the salaries to to match. But you got to you do have to draw a line in the sand. Um, I know they were you know as Woj and a bunch of people re- reported that they were somewhat close over the over the weekend, but. If you're if you're Miami and you're in that front office, what you offered is what is going to be the ne- what the next deal is. There's no more adding more into this. Where do you think that the Heat should draw the line of the sand? Obviously, you're talking about the different players that they could, but if you're sort of looking at their roster right now and Minnesota, and it was reported by the Miami Herald that you know that Minnesota is asking for everyone's firstborn. Uh, if you were Pat Riley and that negotiating team. Where would you draw the line in the sand? It would be Josh. Um, after you know, I, you know, I, I would put Josh Richardson in, and I was, you know, as I mentioned, I, I was hesitant there, and I, that would be it. I, I basically would say it's Josh Richardson, and look at our roster with Olenek and Waiters to make the money work there. And you're getting a young. I mean, you guys have followed Josh for you know since they drafted him. I mean, he is a you know a, a really good two way player here. And for a team that does not have much leverage in Minnesota, that is as good as is what you're going to, uh, as what you're going to get there. You've got to get up to about sixteen million dollars to work. You know, Josh is making nine nine and change, so you've got to get. You're going to have to start adding some some pieces here. But when you're if you're asking for multiple first round picks, and you know maybe you do your 2019 first and you protect it one to you know twenty and roll it over to maybe some seconds in in, in the future there, but. I would not start adding, you know, picks that are, you know, going into 2023 or 24 because we don't know where this roster is going to, uh, where we're going to be here. But it's just, a, it'll be hard to try to, to get the numbers up there. I would be hesitant, including uh, Bam Adebayo there, because with Whiteside, uh, he's in insurance policy with what, what happens with Hassan here. So I think if I am the, the Heat front office and you know, you're looking at the roster, it, it, you can have Richardson and then look at what our roster is to to try to get that money to work. We'll get back to the NBA conversation with Bobby Marks here in a second, but first, excited to tell you about one of our great, great sponsors, which, like us, is Pure South Florida. That's Doral Toyota, where you can find all of your favorite Toyota models, whether you're looking for a new, used, or certified pre-owned vehicle. Doral Toyota is located at 9775. That's 9775. Northwest 12th Street in Doral, just a few blocks from International and Dolphin Malls. Experience the Doral difference, which means four years complimentary maintenance and roadside assistance on all new vehicles. In-house financing is also available if you have credit-related issues. If you mention five reasons when you call 305-680-1129, that's 305-680-1129, or you come into the dealership, you work directly with a dedicated manager, not a salesman. And you can look for Alex, talk a little heat with him too. Unlike other dealers, Doral Toyota prides itself on an honest and transparent buying process. That's Doral Toyota, DoralToyota.com, or stop in at 9775 Northwest 12th Street. Vamos, let's go. And now back to the episode. 
Talking to Bobby Marks here. You mentioned other teams that could have gotten involved that didn't. Uh, the three that were originally on his list, but I mean others. I mean, I, I have not heard that Philadelphia put anything attractive on the table. They certainly have pieces where they could. I've not heard that Milwaukee put Middleton on the table. That could make it more interesting. The Clippers, I've heard, have not put Tobias Harris on the table. So, I mean, when you look at this, you mentioned Gordon. Uh, that report came out. Um, I'd heard Tucker was not on the table at that time. So when you look at it, I mean, Josh. Or Dragic, to me, would be the most attractive piece that has been talked about that might actually be out there. But I want to ask you something specific about about Butler, because uh, when I tweeted, uh, you know, about uh, Josh and Jimmy, you know, I, I made the case that at age 24 in their third year, Josh Richardson actually had better numbers than Jimmy Butler. And he's four years younger at this stage. And then you replied that he's also on a much better contract. I mean, he, <laughs> He's making about 40-something million over the next four, whereas uh, Jimmy would make that in his last year uh, when he's 33, 34 years old. Do, do you have, I guess, two questions. One, just looking at it as you look at Josh as an asset, do you project as a front office, do you project and say, well, Jimmy made that jump, maybe he can make that jump and be a little scared of doing that? And, and two, what do you think of Jimmy Butler as a player going forward? Because, I, you know, Tom Thibodeau players have, you know, worn down a little bit. I mean, we've seen it with Noah. We've seen it with Dang. Uh, we've saw, I know there were other circumstances with Rose that one's hard to evaluate, but he plays his guys a lot of minutes. He once played Jimmy 48 straight minutes, three straight games during, during one stretch. I mean, are you concerned? I guess the first would be, would you project Josh to get into Jimmy's sphere in the next four years? And two, what do you think of Jimmy Butler as an aging player? I don't think Josh can get into that. I think Butler is in that 10 to 15 range. You know, if we're looking for, I guess we're ranking guys there. I think he's in that next tier. I don't, I don't think Josh could get in there in that range. I think he could certainly get in that, um, you know, that 25 to, you know, 25 to 30 range. He's got a, you know, he's got a great contract. I mean, four for 42 in this day and age is, is a home run deal compared to what you have to pay Jimmy Butler, you know, likely five from 190 or maybe four for, you know, 145. If you can do something like they did with uh, Houston did with, with Chris Paul there. My concern with Jimmy Butler is, is not year is not 2019, 20, or even the, the, the next year. It's, here's three, four and five. I mean, here's a guy that's averaged, you know, 37 plus minutes in the last five or six years and has played in for Tom Thibodeau, um, you know, during that time frame. And what is going to be left on the on the on the you know on the wheels here, um, you know, going forward when you're paying him you know forty million dollars plus? I think the tease is is that if you're Miami and you're looking at your roster, is that yes, he is an upgrade over um, Josh Richardson right now. Um, you are kind of in that that in between stage where you're probably in that five to eight range, I guess. You know, if from a from a seating standpoint. And does Jimmy Butler, can he get you into that top four range? And I think, you know, right now, based on what that roster is, and that's kind of the, that's the question that you have to throw. throw. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. What's the first thing you'd do if you had an extra hour in your day? Go for a run, take a nap, maybe check the stats of the latest Miami Heat game? I've got a better idea. A lot of us spend our lives wishing we had more time. The question is time for what? If time was unlimited, how would you use it? The best way to squeeze that special thing into your schedule is to know what's important to you and make it a priority. Therapy can help you find what matters to you so you can do more of it. I've benefited from therapy. I went through some life changes, major life events, had some difficulties, 
Wasn't a believer in therapy, but it helped me and it can help you also. So if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. So learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Miami Heat today to get 10% off your first month. Again, that's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Miami Heat. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation? Where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission. At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders. From ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Brown there. I, I mean, I, I think he, he does right now. I mean, all, it does matter what you give up. But my big concern, and I've all, and I've said it all along, is is that you know what what are you going to be paying a player you know in years three, four, and possibly five here, and that's a lot of money. Which situation in your career that you personally dealt with does, does this remind you of? This is Carmelo. This okay. is a lot like Carmelo, just based on you know in in 2010, you know we went through it, and it was really just us in New Jersey um, dealing with Denver, and then New York came in at the end, and that, and that's what basically that Houston needs to do is they need I mean not Houston. I'm, Minnesota needs to do is they need to find a New York out there that that can you know go getting to into a bidding war with um, with Miami here and as I mentioned there isn't there really isn't a team out there but um, you know this you know the Carmelo situation was certainly you know out it was public um, we were close multiple times to getting a deal um, Denver kind of backed away a little bit um, you know we thought we were close again in you know January to get a deal done they they backed away again. Um, so, yeah, I think this is probably as close, you know, uh, you know, the Butler situation as far as, you know, from, you know, from a trade standpoint, um, you know, with Carmelo. But, you know, with Carmelo, we never got to the point when we were where we were sharing medical and insurance information. You know, I've said all along when you when you start doing that and you have your trainers talk and your doctors talk and your, you know, your your um, your administrative people you're looking over medical information and player insurance. You are as close to getting a deal done as possible. And, you know, as, as the reports were this weekend, that, that was the case here. So, um, and, and then you kind of pull away from the, from the table. So that's a, that's certainly a rare instance there. Talking to Bobby Marks, front office insider for ESPN. One more on Butler, and then I want to pivot to the heat in the league here real quick. Um, so let's say Jimmy doesn't get traded, because the latest report uh, that I have is that, that he's asked uh, to be traded by Friday. Um, and, you know, I, to me, I, I don't know what the leverage is there, other than if he decides to say, I'm going to go have surgery, which I know is something that came up in the Kyrie situation, which there have been some whispers about that. But let's say they hold him until the season. Let's say that, that Glenn Taylor doesn't come over the top. Tibbs doesn't want to deal him, still thinks he can make it right. 
How does an organization handle that? Because I, I'm, I'm checking out the reports in Minnesota. The building was two-thirds empty for a preseason game. Um, there are at least a couple other players that I know of who just want this situation resolved. There's at least one prominent agent who I know wants this situation resolved uh, who's involved with that team and has a lot of other clients. Like, how do, how do you deal with this as an organization if Jimmy Butler's still on the roster as of opening night? Yeah, I mean, I, I never really want to jump to conclusions based on preseason games, but they've been terrible. I mean, they've been lethargic, the Timberwolves. Um, you know, I mean, and we still have, we, we haven't even hit the regular season yet. I mean, them and, you know, the, in Chicago are the two teams that have been really lackadaisical. And I think Jeff Deke said it the best. I think there was a quote in the, in the, in the paper yesterday where he said, like, you kind of knew you, you saw it coming because we didn't, you know, nobody, we didn't play with each other during the summer. No, we didn't do any of these team bonding experiences. We basically just showed up the first, you know, first day of media day and then rolled out the ball. And this is what our team was. And I think, you know, when, when that happens, that's setting you up for failure. And then you have the Butler situation compounded here. I, I think if you're Butler that you have to show up because there's a clause in the CBA, there's a withholding clause there that if, if he tried to pull power play, and does not show up or, you know, holds out, you know, there's a 30-day window where basically it would void, not void his contract, but it would, it would really hurt him from a free agency standpoint. Basically, Butler would not be a free agent in 2019. So if I'm him and if I'm his agent, then if there is no deal at the end of the week or close, I'm showing up and I am going through the, the routine there. Now, is there an injury out there that, you know, that all of a sudden mysteriously kind of creeps in that that I guess for another, for another day. But if I'm Jimmy Butler, I am appearing, but you're right. It's, it's, it's certainly a distraction for a player that wants nothing to do with that, with that organization here. And then, and then, you know, all eyes are on them the first couple of weeks of the season. Do you get off to an 0 and 5 star an 0 and 6 star? What happens, you know, what happens there? And, I, and that's going back to the ownership. You know, does it get to a point where, you know, Glenn Taylor basically overrules Tom Thibodeau and that front office on a, on a deal and, and get something done sooner rather than later. We'll get back to Bobby Marks here in a second, but Chris and I have been doing some betting over at BetDSI.com using our promo code REASON101. We got our initial deposits matched up to $2,500, which allowed us to keep losing, which is what I've been doing lately. But I'm telling you, I'm going to be turning it around. Why did I not bet the Saints and give the points? It was Drew Brees' night. You knew he was going to throw 13 touchdowns just to stick it to the Dolphins who could add him twice. Anyway, go to BetDSI.com, reason 101. What are they saying about the heat on there, Chris? Yeah, the Miami Heat over-under is basically 500. If you want to bet the the Miami Heat to go over 500 and make the postseason, it's uh, sitting, I believe, at last time I checked, it was either 41.5 or 42.5. And And if they make a Jimmy Butler trade, then you'd have to imagine that goes way up. So get in on it now. Use the promo code REASON101. NFL in full swing. College football in full swing. The hockey season has started. The baseball playoffs are going on. Never a better time than now to get to BetDSI.com and use a promo code REASON101. So I want to go back to the Heat here for a sec because you mentioned that you've dealt with them for many years. Um, I've covered them for many years. And I was surprised by what they did the past two off seasons because it was so unlike them. I mean, not, not to go all the way back to 2014 and what happened with LeBron and some of the, the Grangers and the McRoberts and some of those deals, but just starting from 2016, from you know not signing Dwayne, but then giving the money in a match to Tyler Johnson, signing Hassan right at the very start, which I've got to acknowledge I was supportive of at the time, but obviously that hasn't worked out the way that they hoped. And then you go to 2017 and the three four-year deals, the James Johnson, 
until he's 34 years old at a pretty hefty number. Deion Waiters coming off an injury that likely was going to need surgery for four years. And then you mentioned Olenek, which is the one of those five that's actually worked out, but also a four-year deal to him. Were you surprised by the way that they conducted business the last two years and kind of in some ways made it harder for them to get in the room? I think they, the um, Tyler Johnson contract killed them. Um, when you, and I like Tyler as a player, but how Brooklyn structured that where, you know, it was five, five, and then it jumped to 19. Um, when you match that, basically the clock started as far as how you, you can go about, um, you know, how about you go about using cap space in 2017? Yes. I, I was on board with the, um, you know, Hassan Whiteside signing, you know, as you mentioned, I've seen you know, a lot of heat games in person and, you know, he was coming off a, you know, a playoff, you know, really strong playoff. Um, in, in, in six, uh, I guess it was 16. Um, so yeah, I, I was fine with Whiteside. I think when you have, when you know that that Johnson contract eventually is going to kick in this year, then it kind of forces your hand to go out there and probably overspend on some players to kind of, you know, it's basically use it or lose it. You know, if you don't use the cap space last summer in 17, that when this summer comes around, that number jumps up then you're really limited as far as what you can do. And yeah, I mean, I think the, the waiters contract out of the three are, you know, certainly because Dion's been hurt, um, you know, has not been a good contract and now you're looking to shed it. And then what is it going to cost you to, to do so? And then you're right. And it's funny that I thought out of the three that I, you know, I was more skeptical about the Olympic contract than anything. And yeah, he's probably been the, the better, um, you know, the, the, uh, the, you know, the better of the three players so far here. So um, you know, they did get in the room, you know, last year with Hayward, you know, and, you know, but, you know, of course he went to, to, uh, to Boston there. So this is kind of who your, you know, your, your roster is. And it's funny because, you know, you know, with how that organization works, it's always, you know, they're, it's always, you know, championship level, you know, targeting championships. Um, as I say, big game hunting here. And now you're somewhat content with, uh, you know, I guess you're on that treadmill of, you know, you're a good team. If you play hard every night, you'll be in every game and you'll win your 45 to 46, you know, games. But you're not, you're not on that level. You're not on that elite level here. So, um, you know, that's kind of where the summer of 17 kind of, you know, bit you a little bit. Would you say that right now the Heat's way out of it is only the passage of time and getting off of these contracts and going again in free agency in 2020? Or do you think that if they did execute this Jimmy Butler trade or try to get into the trade market next year with Whiteside and Tyler Johnson as expirings, that they can maybe speed this process up a little bit? I think Miami's looking at 2020 as a free agent class that is probably the one of the worst that we're, we're going to see in a long time. That is, it is a below average class. Uh, 2019, as you guys know, is, is really strong. Uh, 2020 is a lot of these contracts that were signed in 2016 when the cap rose and players got overpaid. There is a good, I mean, we, we don't know what will happen next summer that maybe some guys do some one-year deals and, and go into, you know, 2020 as free agents. But I, I think if you're, you're Miami is looking at, you know, that the ability to get a all-star level for a team that's over the cap is sitting right in front of them right now. Um, and if we can do so with, with, you know, you know, despite risking some cap flexibility in, in 2020, then it, then that is the goal here. And eventually the, some of these contracts will start coming out. We'll see what happens with, you know, uh, Dragic and Whiteside have um, player options as well as Johnson, um, you know, next summer here. And, and, and this cap is going to start rising and we're going to go to 109 to 106, 116, and then probably 120 in, in three years from now. So, 
um, you know, eventually these, these contracts will start shedding off. We're going to do some rapid fire here with Bobby to close this out. So just want to get your opinions on what certain teams did this off season. Let's start with the Lakers. Um, not the big one, because obviously that was pretty good. Um, but the, the, the surrounding pieces, uh, the, the one year contracts for a lot of guys who've had, I mean, just to be straight checkered pass in other places. Um, do you think they did a good job filling out that roster, and do you see a long-term plan there? I think they. I think it's an experiment as far as the the long term. I don't. I I count. I consider these guys placeholders. It's it's almost like it's a trial and error to see what would work in 2019, and kind of, you know, Rajon Rondo and Lance Stevenson are kind of the, the guinea pigs here. So I, you know, I I didn't you know get crazy about what they did. Um, I know a lot of people criticize them. I like the Rondo signing because with with uh, with Lonzo as as a veteran mentorship, but I think with LeBron, the mindset was that we were probably going to be a forty five to forty six win team and compete for a playoff spot and try to get these young kids to develop to a point where either they're going to be here long term or they're going to be used as an asset down 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 the road here. So. Um, it's a mixed bag, but as you guys saw when when he when he committed, you know, uh, you know, the first couple of days into free agency, this was the plan all along based on how they timed each one of these signings. And with Houston, do you think they got closer or farther away to the Warriors? I think they got closer. You know, I know the Ariza and Bamute, um, you know, departure hurts. Um, you've got you added James Ennis. You brought back the whole you know the you know with Capella and Chris Paul. I saw um, Houston last week in uh, Birmingham, and you know if Chris Paul can stay healthy, man, he looks as good as he as he's been in a long time here. And I think it's all about these guys. Can Harden stay healthy? Can Chris Paul stay healthy? Healthy Capella. I'm fine with their depth. You know, if you're going to st- uh, start Tucker at the four and have Carmelo come off the bench, you know, what does, what does Carter Williams have come backing up Chris Paul there? So I, I think they got a little bit closer based on, um, you know, maybe what they did this summer. And then I think, you know, Golden State will be interesting during the regular season based on that team is not built, you know, depth wise, you know, for, I don't think for 82 games. And do they get bored during the season? Um, you know, like in, you know, past years here, it's more, you know, that team is built for the, for the long haul for the, uh, for the playoffs here. So I, I think that Houston team did get closer to Golden State. Toronto, uh, what would you, if I was to ask you right now for a percentage that Kawhi Leonard is a Raptor next season, where would you put it at? I would put it at 30%. Um, and I just, just from reading the, the tea leaves, the amount of teams that have cap space next year, in, including the Clippers who are um, certainly one of the favorites here, um, but I think that, that, that number could increase throughout the year, you know, based, I think this Toronto team has a chance to, you know, to get out of the East, uh, even with Boston in, in, um, in Philadelphia. And I think, you know, Masai Ujiri is going to have to basically steal the, 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 uh, Sam Presti playbook and, and really do a great job of in-house recruiting, um, Kawhi Leonard here and let the record speak for itself that where this team winds up going that, you know, Kawhi will have to make a decision as far as, uh, you know, I guess a rebuilding Clipper team or maybe even the Lakers versus, you know, staying in the East and being on a real, real good team. But I think entering the season, I look at it right at 30%. Philly, they go out in, uh, they go out in the Eastern semis and we're, we're beaten pretty well by Boston as well after beating Miami in the postseason. Is internal improvement alone going to be enough? Because it didn't really make any big moves. I don't think it is. I think um, I, I have a little bit concerns about their depth, you know, especially at, you know, with no Bellinelli and Ilyasova, you added Chandler, Wilson Chandler and Mike Muscal there. You know, I mean, of course, the X factor is going to be Markel Fultz. I mean, that is going to be, you know, until Markel Fultz 
you know, proves, you know, he was worthy of that number one pick. He's going to be the X factor for, you know, for a long time here. So I, I don't see them getting close to where Boston and, um, and um, you know, Toronto is, uh, unless, you know, unless there is a, you know, Fultz gets out of the gates and is uh, reflective of that, that, that top pick. Last one here for Bobby Marks, Boston. Loaded. Um, are they will? I mean, I wrote about it, the willingness to sacrifice. Um, are these guys, you know, um, can they accept roles? You know, it's a lot different when with Terry Rozier and uh, Marcus Morris going from starter to coming off the bench. And, you know, I think a lot of it will have to do with, you know, Kyrie, the durability of Kyrie, you know, get, staying healthy for a full, 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 full season. But from one to 10, you know, they are as deep as any team in, uh, in the NBA. I don't, I don't pay much attention to it. I know they've, they've struggled this, this preseason. I know they'll figure it out because of as a good coach they have, but yeah, I think if you're looking at Boston, they are probably the, the favorite to come out of the East along with, uh, with with possibly Toronto here. All right, final one here for Bobby Marks. So if I was to say right now, and as we tape this, I'm just going to timestamp it because we don't typically do this, but it's about 2.04 Eastern time uh, on a Tuesday in the 700th day of the Jimmy Butler saga. <laughs> if, I was to say, if I was to say to you, Bobby, because you've been through these, how does this ultimately play out? What, what in, your, in your view is going to be the end result? We're not reporting this as sources. We're not doing any of that. This is just no. – nobody's going to hear this pod. It's just a little prediction for our podcast. Until I, <laughs> I, don't, I would expect no movement this week. I think when we get to the weekend when the reality faces that, hey, we've got a game on Wednesday or Thursday, you know, wherever, whenever Minnesota plays, and we've got to set our roster by you know, 3 o'clock on Monday afternoon – that there will be some internal pressure in Minnesota to get a deal done. And I would, I would not be surprised if, you know, Butler's in a, in a heat uniform by, you know, the end of the first week of the regular season. So I think that's kind of, that's kind of where I see this Butler situation playing out. For the love of God, another week of this crap. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's funny, you know, guys, we've only been, it it feels like it's been a year, but it's only been, I think, what, three weeks. (laughs) It's been, it's been about three weeks than that. Since we tweeted that the Heat were involved and everybody said they weren't. So we'll see if that ultimately uh, plays out. But obviously, if it happens uh, next week, that'd be great because that's after Khalil Mack has 11 sacks of Ryan Tannehill. And, and, and South Florida sports fans will be looking for something to distract them. Bobby Marks, you can follow him at Bobby Marks 42 You can find him on ESPN. Always appreciate the time, Bobby. Great stuff. Thanks, guys. Hey, Juice, so October is here, and in my mind, that means only one thing. It is almost time for my favorite event of the year, and no big surprise, but it's an O.J. McDuffie party. Yeah, you know it, Big Seth. The 17th annual Signature Grand Ghoul presented by Calvin Giordano and Associates will take place on Monday, October 29th, and once again benefits 211 Broward, an amazing charity. We are transforming the Signature Grand into a 100,000-square-foot mansion for the sickest Halloween costume party in South Florida. And this costume party is for the grown folk, Big not people. the kids, mm-hmm. yeah. We're talking open bar, amazing food, dancing, silent auction, and of course, contests and prizes for the most incredible costumes. And since the fish tank will be all up in the ghoul, as will a bunch of other hosts from our Five Reasons Sports family, let's do a little something special for the listeners. So what we need you to do is post a photo in your all-time greatest Halloween costume, tag your favorite Five Reasons Sports podcast, and use the hashtag DiveIntoTheGhoul. And the top four costumes will have a chance to win two tickets to the Signature Grand Ghoul on that October 29th. For more information on how you can join 
OJ and me at the Signature Grand Ghoul, visit 211-Broward.org and call 954-390-0493 and ask for Tracy. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 455 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.